Welcome to the Mark McSee Supersonic Food Marketing Podcast, brought to you by BDO, the trusted accountancy and advisory firm. BDO really are the go-to team to help your hospitality business succeed, providing expert support and advice across all your corporate finance, due diligence, tax and accounting needs. BDO have been a champion of our industry for many years and are really proud to support many of the best brands in hospitality. If you want to make sure your business is in the safest of hands financially, BDO would love to take you for a coffee to understand your business vision so that they can help you get there. Get in touch today at bdo.co.uk to chat about how BDO can help take your hospitality business to the top and please say that I sent you. Supersonic. 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 From Supersonic Inc., this is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. The rocket fuel podcast for food, drink, and hospitality businesses everywhere. Listen up. Tell all your friends and share with your colleagues. Every single episode is packed full of tips, tricks and advice on how you can make your brand boom. So I'm in the middle of recording sessions at Soho Radio uh, just at the end of Poland Street and I've got an amazing next guest coming up. A little bit off piste maybe for the marketing podcast. I've got Susie Welch who is the group Chief People Officer at Odeon, uh, Odeon Cinemas, as I would call it. Really excited to talk to her and find out everything that makes that business tick, how the brand is reflected internally, and how she grows and manages a great culture that is fanatical about film. So it gives me the most popcorn popping pleasure ever to introduce today's guest, who's the incredible Susie Welch of Odeon. Hello. Hello. I will say Odeon Cinemas or Odeon? Um, Odeon from a UK perspective. Is it? Odeon Cinemas Group, I think, if you talk about European, yeah. Cool. What's the favourites at the moment? Oscar season, um, Golden Globes, all that? Yeah, so I think 1917 has been amazing. And had amazing reception. Yeah. Oh, they were um, saying there was a part in that where it was like a seven-minute one-take thing, and he, he said it was madness to do it. And it's never—I don't think it's been recorded. Anything's been filmed yeah. in the way that that has. So that's definitely there. Up there, yeah, We're just yeah, yeah. coming out of, I suppose, Star Wars season. Season. Yeah. But yeah. I saw. Um, so Knives Out was my Christmas what was uh, film. Out? So it's, um, I would describe it as a kind of modern day Agatha Christie style oh. murder mystery. Daniel Craig, really good. Chris I saw Evans, the trailer for that. Yeah, Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis, really, you always really have good. To qualify Chris Evans. Chris Evans, not the DJ. Not you the know, DJ. Yeah, no. Always, yeah, Captain America. <laughs> yeah, the the, the six packy <laughs> non ginger one. But I think uh, yeah, it's just exciting at the moment. It must be like quite a buzz working there at the moment. You know with. The seasons happening and the Oscars and all the thing and everyone excited about it. And, it's been you know. yeah, it's been really interesting. It's my first my first kind of set of, a season of oh, this. So um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, for me, it's been intriguing kind of to see how it yeah. all comes together and what the conversation is and you know how, how do we adapt? Yeah, how do we adapt to to what's going on? Yeah. So how long now then have you been there? Is it about nine months? Uh, or more? Just under so six. It's like the end yeah. of July. Yeah, yeah. And before so, that. Before that, yeah. Pizza Express. Uh-huh. 
before that, um, Whitbread yep. for TGI's and Costa. God, I forgot TGI's was part of Whitbread. Yeah, yeah back then. All right, well, so if we go back then, you know, obviously you're looking after the people and yep. the culture and yep. all these amazing things. I guess what I was interested to explore a bit, because it's a little bit off-piste for this podcast, you know, talking about these kind of things, mm. but I've always seen the inside is sometimes more important than the outside, you know, in terms of the brand and reflecting it and all these different things. So if you go back, have you always been in sort of people and HR and culture and all these things, or have you done different things? Um, so I started in ops. Uh-huh. The dark side. Did start on the dark side, or the bright side, depending on which no, side. No, it's the dark side. Um, <laughs> so from part-time jobs, um, hospitality through and through. Uh-huh. Um, but when I left university, I started in Fridays and I started in operations. And whereabouts was that? Um, so I started in Bristol. Uh-huh. Is that where uh, you're from originally? No. Ah. So I'd come out of Sheffield, university in Sheffield, what gone into that? Bristol. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I ended up in Crawley, actually. I opened the, Crawley? I opened the TGIs in Crawley. Great. Um, as their kitchen manager. So I started uh-huh. in the kitchen, which I loved. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. adored. Um, then went front of house and then got a secondment to go and do new restaurant opening training oh, okay um and that's kind of where it started and i'd done bits and pieces of training before yeah. um and i'd always i was always the manager that got past the new people or past the new management <laughs> trainees or so i think you kind go of see Susie. <laughs> it, well, it was, i can't explain that <laughs> to you go yeah. see Susie. Yeah. um so it always kind of been there mm. um and then from then on in I, I have i have always been from that point on i've always been kind yeah. of in a people function and then did you have to get some qualifications or did you kind of learn on the job or how did all that sort Uh, of work learn on the job yeah yeah so you can do and for some people that works for them for me university was kind of I was done at that point and I've I've learned (laughs) I couldn't drink anymore I couldn't do anymore (laughs) couldn't do any more learning um I've been much more about how you find the experiences that work for you yeah yeah so, so TGI then where did you move into were you sort of HR manager, HRD, what sort of... Um, so I was talent manager for TGIs. Mm-hmm. And then as TGIs was sold out of Whitbread, mm-hmm. I moved into Costa. So I stayed in the Whitbread right. family. Um, and I joined them as a business partner um, for a couple of the regions, yeah. operationally. Um, li- just almost as they were starting to really ramp up openings. Yeah, yeah. Um, so was that a that sort of 300 sort of level going nuclear yeah. sort of thing? Yeah. Um, yeah, we were talking about that earlier. We which care, yeah. was hugely exciting. Yeah. Um, I felt like a rabbit in headlights, I think, when I first walked in. And <laughs> you go from 40-odd restaurants yeah. in Fridays to suddenly, right, we're opening, whatever it was, 150 sites this year. Shit, we need managers or magnitude? whatever. Yeah, it was huge. Wow. and. And suddenly you have to start thinking differently and doing things in a different way. And, and do, do you, I mean, do you have the fear? Like, I always kind of worry where people are going to come from or, you know, in terms of the recruitment process and are you going to get the right people? And opening at that rate, I mean, it's really hard to keep the quality of people up as well. It yeah. must be so tough. And I think, I agree, and, and you get some things right and you get some things wrong. I don't yeah, think yeah. that ever goes away. I think there's always a fear. I think yeah, that, yeah. and I think it continues to be a challenge for this mm. industry. Um, but it was, it was fun, and yeah, yeah. It, you know, it, it you're working for an amazing business, yeah. and th- that helps. You know, yeah. you can talk about growth and you know what's happening within the industry. And mm. coffee was really starting to take off just in general. So it was a, an amazing experience to have. And 
you know, going back to Fridays as well, was there something, you know, incredible about the culture? You know, how did the the brand sort of manifest itself inside? Because the the staff seem so amazing and sort of rah-rah and, you know, the badges and the excitement and they're putting on a show rather yeah. than just serving people, you know? So I think I've always, I've always been naturally attracted to this little bit of magic that you can't really explain. Yeah. And I think all the businesses I've worked for have had that in slightly different ways. Mm-hmm. Fridays, when I left uni, almost uh, had a little bit of a, if you go and work for Fridays, you're getting a bit of a gold star on your CV because it was known for the training Definitely. that it delivered. Um, and that was driven out of the culture and mm-hmm. it was driven out of the way it operated and, yeah. and structured itself. And, you know, you were it was rigorous in terms of the training that you yeah, had to yeah. do. But it gave a really good foundation for people. Um, was that in terms of like service steps and product? And I mean, was it just... A masterclass, really? Yeah, in yeah. in everything. Um, and, it's, and it just starts you off. And, yeah. and I can still remember some of those things that yeah. I learned then, like word for word. Just ingrained. They're just there. Yeah. Um, and it had its theories and philosophies and all mm. of those things. So that storytell piece and the heritage that it had were just a big part of who it was and how it yeah. operated. And Costa, I suppose, was was similar but Mm -hmm. it it had the similar kind of piece around having a very strong heritage Mm -hmm. really core beliefs in it um and then had the kind of big the big part of whitbread across it as well and they all have this this lovely way about them yeah it was was quite an interesting thing with costa because i mean i did some work with them sort of way back and it was this fine balance of there's the italian heritage and all that but you're not really Italian. Mm-hmm. So it was such a fine balance to strike to not go, you know, when's your domio day and all that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just keep it sort of tight. But I think one of the most exciting things about the, the Costa side of things was, I think a lot of the brand work that, that Kevin did, you know, and I think there was a lot of stuff about, was that about Irresistible? Home oh, of Irresistible Coffee. That's it, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I thought that was such a good thing because it kind of conjures up everything, you know, in terms of the welcome you'll get and how passionate the people are. And and then I went behind the scenes and saw, like, the training days and, you know, made very bad flat whites and all the rest of it. Um, I did, not anyone else. And, uh, yeah, you just saw how rigorous it was. Yeah. And that handmade, not push-button thing was such a big thing and all that, you know. So it must have been quite a lot to try and orchestrate and, and pull together you know it is but i think so we had an amazing team and i think and that always helps yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but we had team members and um people who've been in the business so long that they just um they knew that business and they knew the key points and i mm-hmm. and i don't and i think that's what was helpful is we never lost the really key core pieces yeah. you know, coffee was coffee and it had to be made in the way that costa made it yeah. and if you hold on to those bits, then that just gives you the platform to build some really amazing things around it. And yep. and that was kind of, it's just holding on to that core product. And then I think you can build actually quite a nice culture yeah, and a yeah. way of working with the team around that piece. And looking at the, the culture side of things, you know, did you ever experience a leader, you know, employee engagement sessions and roadshows and all these things? Because it's quite a challenge for a lot of brands, especially as they're growing fast how you keep people updated and all that. You know, is there any sort of tips or great ways to keep that bottled? Um, so I think, yeah, so I, I learned quite quickly and I and it was one of the people that I worked for was, you know, in when times are tough or you're being challenged or you've mm. got to think differently, don't ever lose your communication. Yeah. So 
So there are other things drop you can drop out, and you might not want to, and they might pose you a risk. Yeah. But the but if you don't communicate, that's where you start to erode culture. Yeah. So um, in Costa, we did a lot of work around the conferences that we put together mm-hmm. um, and really evolved them. So actually, we use those as a way of, I think, kind of starting to show and role model the type of things we needed for that next year, yeah. and actually evolve the culture using those pieces. Um, either in Big Bang full-on conferences. Yeah. Um, Those must have been huge though, weren't they? Uh, it's the last one um, The last one I did in the UK that we organised was 2,000 people. Jeez. That's crazy. And what was the total workforce? Um, I think by the time I finished about in the UK, it was about 14,000. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, Which, yeah. you know, so... Like playing a stadium. <laughs> yeah, it, and they were, but they, but that was how we kind of worked. That was how we, you get very used to it. It, you know, you need to be careful not to get too used to it. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah, yeah. And planning conferences like that must have been a bit of a nightmare, really, in terms of the messaging and you know getting the CEO's point across, but making it work, and then mm-hmm. the stress of the event management, and you know, how did you sort of combat that? Uh, good team, and probably a bit of rigor around. Yeah. Let's rehearse let's make sure we're clear on what we want to do yeah. not making it over compl- overly complicated mm. so that piece about nudging and simplicity of message yeah. you know every, people talk about people can only remember three things we'll hold on to that there's a yeah, reason yeah, people yeah. say that you know say it say it say it again there's all those kind of elements um i love organizing conferences so for oh, me it was a brilliant it's a nice a nice way to kind of pull all of those pieces up and um yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was good fun, but we had we had a lot of fun doing them as well. Yeah, no, they're always a big thing. I was working with Road Chef lately, and they were coming up to their sort of conference sort of season, if you like. And yeah, I just could feel you know in the room, you know, we were doing a brandy just before it, and it was like then they, it was getting the brandy right, and then being able to get that into something that was communicatable, I suppose, to everyone yeah. that they could grasp onto. But yeah, I mean, there's there's. I think with a lot of the brands that I work with, there's definitely not enough of that communication going on, you know, where it is just, you know, piecemeal internal comms and not enough employee engagement or roadshows or, you know, getting people to really sort of immerse themselves, you know. So it's definitely a thing I think definitely helps with the best brands. And there's now balance, I think. So, you know, there is definitely a challenge in terms of how much it costs to pull all of those oh, things yeah. together. I do think they pay back. Yeah. Whether you can do them on a regular basis is is the challenge. Yeah. But the same with anything, you can blend it with other pieces. I think the key bit is making sure that you know what your messaging is and mm. it's consistent in all the con- in the, all the communication yeah. you have. Um, and then it builds. Yeah, yeah. Um, you but can't do it once. But it's hard as well with the turnover of staff problem as well. Yeah. So people think, is it worth it? Because when I do this, not many people are going to be around. But maybe if you do it, more people will stay. You know, it gets really tough, doesn't it? Then moving on to, you know, the Pizza Express. I mean, obviously we met there and, mm. and I mean, that must have been a phenomenal place to be, wasn't it? Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. It was a fantastic four years. Again, had a real magic about it. Yeah. Um, that kind of core product and and the way it was treated and what it was about mm. was a huge part of that business. But again, amazing people who wanted to do amazing things and yeah. um, so what, challenging times, but it was, uh, but it was fantastic. Well, it seems to be one of it's not kind of reminiscent in the studio of Pizza Express a little bit with the black and almost white stripes, but 
just being able to keep that fresh and relevant like is quite a hard thing. But they seem to have still keep doing it. I mean, mm. it's still. I mean, it's getting its knocks, and there's the debt stuff and all the rest of it. But I think that's kind of always been there, you know. So they seem to just keep riding it, and it's it's such a thing like. M&S or you know it's that national treasure yeah. sort of status you know and um, I keep saying it on this podcast but I think I'm the only person that does pay full price for it which is uh, on a Friday night we deliver out <laughs> um, the wee one just absolutely adores pizza especially it's a wee box with a cucumber in and all that but it just always seems like it keeps it keeps going you know and what sort of messaging were you giving out to sort of attract people and recruit people and get them to stay and you know across the four years did that change significantly or I think we became more focused Mm -hmm. so one of the pieces of work we did quite early on was go back into why work for us so all of these people are out there some will be argued to be cooler than us, to be different, to be, you know, so the rise of independence and people yeah. wanting to work for an independent, not wanting to work for a big restaurant chain. How do you do all of those things? Mm-hmm. And so we really focused in on what what we're about, but also our expectations when you join us. So, so mm-hmm. it became much more of a kind of contracted, connected yeah. conversation. Um, and then that threaded through everything that we did so that kind of employer value proposition to kind of want to label it but really focusing in on those on those key points Mm -hmm. and and for me um that helped me and helped the team then work out what was important and what we needed to work on and what activity we needed to put in place and hopefully for the operators um gave them something that they could then kind of help identify what they what they needed so where do you start with like an evp the employee value proposition or is it employer or employer? Term does both. I think term does both, depending on what you yeah, want to get out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, where do we start? We started with our teams. Mm-hmm. So this wasn't necessarily, at, at the beginning, it wasn't about what I thought or what the senior team mm-hmm. thought. We went out and asked our team members, why do they work for us? Yeah. So so almost we didn't want to ask the people why they were leaving at this point. Um that stopped becoming, it wasn't as relevant. It was much yeah. more about those highly engaged people. Yeah. Why do they work for us? Because that's, that's what we want to create. Yeah. Um, and as I say, they kind of gave us 10, they, it boiled down to 10 things. Okay. In each country, the 10 things were the same. So we did this worldwide. So we did this in all of the markets that we operated in. In each market, they were the same 10 things, but they were in a different order. They had different okay. imp- difference import- different importance depending on where uh-huh. you were. Um, and that then helped us work out um, what we wanted to put to in do. place. Because it would have been so easy for you to just steam ahead with an agency and sort of get on with it. So that's a really cool thing because it's just, it's, um, the reason I'm asking is actually quite selfish. I'm getting asked this quite a lot at the moment and it seems to be quite in vogue at the moment, mm. which is a good thing where people are talking about this, you know, EVP and having this internal brand thing and, you know, and a lot of it, you're talking to them about, you're saying, well, it is a value exchange, you know, and they're about like, oh, right, because they were setting their stall out to say, this is what we want from you, but maybe mm. not the other way. Um, so going out to the teams, the research thing can't be underestimated, you know, and people just don't take the time or the budget or the, but actually just taking a little bit of time and budget, or maybe not even budget if it's just your own teams. Absolutely. To be able to do it, I think it's brilliant. What was the types of things people were saying you know without giving anything um, too confidential away so to a degree nothing un- nothing unusual mm. um 
I think that's the, how you make it unusual or differentiator is the next stage of yeah. it. But um, people wanting recognition mm. um, and recognition was really important and inclusivity and respect. So a lot of it kind of goes into almost value set as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's how you kind of take those two elements, um, ability to progress. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then it was nuanced with the kind of what what kind of made Peter express yeah. Um, what it was about and then that enabled us to say okay what what would make us different versus somebody mm-hmm. else down the road what do we offer that's different and what did what did they think pizza express was all about what what did what were the types of things they were saying was it like a family thing or a what, what were these sort of yeah saying? so family comes up mm. um a lot we had a lot still do they still will do um, a lot of people who'd worked for the business for a long, long yeah. time. Um, and as with many hospitality business, um, restaurants, restaurants and bars and so on, you spend more time with that group of people than you do with anyone else in really unsociable hours. Yes. So it, it becomes even more important. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how that was, how you were treated collectively mm. and that kind of team piece was was really important. Yeah, yeah. And then so a big sellers there and, you know, famous for what did you see across you know the product ranges and you know all that kind of thing what was what was sort of going you know was it legera or was it you know what what was the big ones i think you you will always go back to um yeah margarita will always be yeah, yeah. the the favorite thing we, we will always i think be known for dobles you know there are yeah. key things that that don't change but you need the kind of next stage of innovation so vegan was quite a key part yeah, of true. the last year what does that look like yeah, gluten-free yeah. was a big piece um prior to my time but yeah, yeah. how do you keep all of those things alive and going but there's yeah. nothing better than a cheese and tomato <laughs> so then changing out of there what what was sort of what were you thinking you know in terms of you know moving on and all the rest of it was just new challenge or new industry or something like so, that um a bit of everything actually new challenge for me so actually i wanted to um Odeon gives me um, experience in Europe. I hadn't really worked across Europe yeah. in depth. Um, How many European? So we're across 12 markets. Yeah, so, wow. Um, so that was really exciting. Yeah. Um, it's the kind of the extension of hospitality. So it still has a really core cool mm. guest experience. And, and that's a bit, that's kind of my heartbeat, I suppose. But yeah. the film piece really intrigued me because mm-hmm. it just takes it onto a different dynamic. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, working with a different set of people. Um, so it was just a really exciting opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't done in Pizza Express. There were still loads that could oh, be yeah. done. But um, it just felt like it was the right time to kind of now test myself in, in a different way. And is it uh, is it still a growing market, the film side of things? Or, you know, because I, I don't know as well as the restaurant market, yeah, obviously. Yeah. So is it, or is Netflix a delivery of... No, it's or... still growing. So we're still we still open new sites. We're still putting um, kind of different new screens in. So yeah. whether it IMAX or whatever it may be, um, there's still investment in terms of mm. the experience you get. So there's still loads to kind of go after and do differently. Yeah. Um, and I think it it works really well with Netflix. I don't yeah, think yeah. you know th- there's a nice balance between. Well, that the was two. last night. I was seeing. Uh, I went to see Uncut Gems, and it's a Netflix movie that I could have just waited another 10 days to see, but it was just like, oh, I have to go and see it. So I'm, you know, double, double done in it, I suppose, you know, paying your subscription 
I'm going to see it as well. There's something, seeing stuff on a big screen, and I'd kind of forgotten to a degree, and then you go back into it yeah. and you're invested in it in a slightly different way. And um, it's been amazing just to kind of go in and, and then also to understand a bit more about um, about the films, I suppose. Yeah. Kind and of really brings you into all of that. I mean, that, that was what tipped me over the edge to go and see that last night, was just someone saying, you've got to see this. You know, the, the jeopardy that's in the movie won't be the same if you're, you know, sitting on your couch having a glass of wine or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you're keeping the volume down for the kids and all the rest <laughs> of it, you know. So yeah, so that, I mean that was that was really good. And then yeah, 1917 and stuff. I'm really excited about. Thinking about Odie, and then what's the plan for it? So I, I've seen a lot of interesting things happening in terms of like the VIP screens mm. and all that, and you know, having experienced them, they're fantastic. I mean, they're really a different experience. Is it kind of having to keep innovating on that level you know what what what's the next so i think um lux has been a big part of of the odm business and kind of what's happened more recently so that will kind of continue so that piece about being able to recline in your seat um and have a a a different experience there and how that feels um we've opened lux and dine in islington recently so that takes I suppose food into into the cinema screen in a yeah, more yeah. in a wider way, um, but it's much more about then just making sure that that experience in the auditorium in the screen is as best as it possibly yeah. can be, and then innovating in terms of you know popcorn will always be popcorn, but how do you kind of keep all of that mm. all of that moving forward? Is um, Deliveroo going to happen at the cinema? Well, who <laughs> a knows? Deliveroo driver it, coming in. <laughs> picking up some popcorn. <laughs> and going, who? Uh, you got to yeah, sit there and go, who know. knows? Yeah. Um, so, yes. And and I think also just making sure that that experience that we're in control of, you know, we're mm. not in control of the content of the film. We're there to show it in its best possible way. Yeah. But it's everything we do is sits, I suppose, more mm. around the outside of that. Yeah. And that the team do. From Supersonic Inc., this is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. Just a friendly reminder that this podcast is brought to you by the good folk at BDO. BDO have been long-term supporters of the hospitality sector and they are really passionate about supporting innovative entrepreneurs on their journeys and they also want to give you the right advice and support to grow your business. Just in case you don't know, BDO provides tailored advice to the sector across corporate finance, due diligence, tax and all accounting matters. BDO work tirelessly to give their clients the advice that they need when they need it to succeed. For more information on BDO and how they can take your business to the top, go to bdo.co.uk. Hashtag ad. And thinking about, you know, I guess we, we talked about Spike Music Express, so attract, recruit, retain, all that mm. stuff and, you know, develop. What was the sort of strategy then in terms of being able to get people working with Odeon and working for them and going up the, the, the chain? Because I'm sure it's a similar recruitment challenge to restaurants in a way. Yeah, so I think, um, so probably the, the the raw structure of it is no different to mm. what would happen in, in most other hospitality businesses and you're looking for broadly similar skills. Um, I think it's, it's probably easier than restaurants. Mm-hmm. We don't have chefs and chefs are, it's just, cha- it's a really, really challenging market and yeah. has been for a long time. And um, we need to work out how we fix that, I think. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, 
so we don't have necessarily the pressures. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've learned in the last six months that actually film has, entices people in a slightly different way. It gives you a selling point that maybe restaurants don't necessarily have in the same yeah, way. Yeah. So I wouldn't go as far as saying it's much easier, but it has slightly different yeah. challenges and um, but different opportunities as well. Yeah. So we still look for the same things. You still want people to be engaging. You still want people to look up and bring people in and smile yeah. and have conversation. Um, you know, instead of talking about the dishes on the menu, we want people to be able to talk about the films that people are going to go and yeah. see and have that understanding. And you still want people to sell and yeah. um, and do those areas. Well, I think what's quite interesting is almost get that record shop cool about it you know if it was your Saturday job you know back in the day when because I've seen Saturday jobs are sort of phasing out at the yeah. moment um, why is that by the way I think I saw the headline and I was like I, I never read into it What what's happening with Saturday um, I don't know I read the same headline Aye. actually um, I don't know I think I wonder whether it's Saturday jobs in isolation and actually just this notion of people will be less loyal mm. not working quite the same way it's like gig economy kind of pieces yeah, where you yeah. might have two or three shorter job, smaller jobs than you will maybe at yeah, yeah. one big one. So, Night time or something. Um, and um, I think there's also a piece around people not, um, so students maybe coming into jobs in a slightly different way than they had. So that True. kind of Saturday piece isn't quite the same way. They might be working evenings or yeah, yeah. in a slightly different. Well, so that's, that's a hustle culture as well, isn't there? Which is, you know, doing the thing you want to do on the side and, and all the rest of it. But, I think you you know you definitely got a huge advantage because there's sure there's foodie fans and all the rest of it, but then if you maybe see a chain brand, people are like oh, but with the films, it's like you know you get to work in the movies kind of thing, you know, it's quite interesting. Yeah, you know? and you have that sell right from the beginning. Yeah. I think in restaurants, it's almost you don't experience it until you're in it, yeah, and. And for some reason, cinema doesn't necessarily have that because you can see the films, you kind of understand that yeah. that context. Um, and there is something about saying, I work in the movies. Yeah, I think that's a brilliant thing. I mean, in terms of competitors and stuff, is Odeon number one? Uh, in terms of size, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, there's, uh, there's the Odeon in Brighton, and I'm just always fingers crossed that it's going to be a refurb at some point, but I don't know what's happening with that building. But yeah, I'm always hoping. Because <laughs> it's actually a real lack of good cinemas yeah. in Brighton for sure uh, you know certainly on a big scale uh, Cineworld's world's not very good down there so yeah it's not ideal it's not ideal so I was thinking about a couple of things uh, you know you've brought in some great programmes you know apprenticeships mm. and brand heroes and all these kind of things so don't know if you want to chat a bit about those that's quite yeah cool so thing. I think um, so I suppose if, um, we have two programmes called Branded Hero, Brand Heroes and Experience Heroes um, they're kind of speeding up progression so mm-hmm. i think one of the things um i love about this industry and and it links to the apprenticeship kind of passion that i have as well mm-hmm. is you can come in and you can be in you can end up in really senior roles mm-hmm. without necessarily having to have had all of the qualifications that yeah. some companies expect you to have before you're even allowed yeah, really to see anybody yeah, yeah. um and i love that um because school and education just isn't for everybody. That's yeah. that is that's reality. Yeah. So, um, I I love the fact that we have the opportunity to do that. I think we have the ability to give people life skills and business skills beyond many other businesses. Mm-hmm. You hand the keys over to some 
pretty young people sometimes to run a million pound business yeah, yeah. Um, and be able to control all of those. And, and I love that as well. It's so I think we put programs in place and um, there've been similar programs in Pizza Express and in Costa um, where you enable people to move through um, those roles probably at a quicker pace mm -hmm. and, and fast track them into management roles. And yeah. um, I love that we can do that. And, and bring people to life and, and take really raw talent and um, enable them to kind of shape their career yeah. um, and keep them focused and, and bring to life what they want to do. And sometimes they don't know they want to do it because it's always been, yeah. well, this is my part-time. This is a job while I, I do while I work out what I'm going to do. Yeah. And then you speak to so many people who go, oh, I said that 20 years ago <laughs> and I'm still here and, yeah. and I want to get rid of the statement at the beginning mm -hmm. And and kind of get to say, look, there are people here who are doing amazing, amazing roles, directors, CEOs, yeah, whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah, I think, well, it's interesting. We were doing some, I can't remember who it was for. I think it was a pub company. And I had a bit of a row uh, with, with whoever was doing it. And they had sort of stated that it was everyone's dream to be a GM of a pub that joins the pub. And I was like, oh, I don't think that's the case. So I was kind of saying... With the gig economy and people having other dreams, it's like, how could you, what is their dream and how could you support them get there? So if they're a stand-up comedian and you're a pub and one of your pubs is a comedy pub, then why not get them to work during the day and then they can gig at night or, you know, all these things. Or if you're a triathlete, you want to be out in the day and then working at night or whatever. And then sort of by doing that and supporting them and being supportive, probably the end result is if they don't make it or whatever, they'll probably stay with you and you've been part of it. And So I just think it can be quite myopic, you know, just sort of saying getting to GM in this game is, is it. And, you know, with the organisation you have as well, there's a European side of things, mm. there's head office, obviously, there's all the different skill sets. And I just, yeah, I think that's something the, the pub and restaurant industry maybe need to shake a wee bit is, just rather than having that one route, you know, maybe just sort of branching it out a little bit in terms of what people could do. And I think working with people, I don't, yeah, you yeah. don't, not everyone knows where they want to be. Oh. Um, and I think if you can get people to strip down and think about the thing, the things they love and the things they want to do mm. as opposed to the role they want to get to, then it suddenly opens up a whole host of things they could yeah. think about. Um, and we miss some of those points I think yeah. I think we get focused on the career ladder or the steps that we've got and and that might be right for some people yeah. and actually they might end up doing that but there's something about um, exploring a wider um, kind of skills base or behaviour space before yeah. that I think yeah it's just having that well pick and mix I suppose ability to be able to do that it's brilliant and then what about the apprenticeship side of things you know that's quite a tricky one isn't it What's sort of drawn you towards really getting into the apprenticeships? Um, so I think I s started kind of understanding apprenticeships when I was in Costa, so mm -hmm. pre-levy. It means, so thinking kind of through that piece about not everyone comes in with qualifications and a degree, yeah. not everyone can afford to go and get a degree. Yeah. Um, that piece where you can earn while you learn um the fact that we can enable people to get those qualifications and it puts everybody on an equal footing. That's yeah. the stuff. That's, I suppose, the reason that I, I love what I do. Yeah. Um, and 
you can now go into some companies and start with no qualifications and gain a degree. And yeah. that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it is challenging. It is uh, a bit of a minefield mm-hmm. to work through. Um, and I think if you find the right provider to work with, actually it can untangle quite a lot of that. Yeah. For smaller businesses, again, it has different challenges to the bigger businesses that I work in. Um, I think if you can persevere, yeah. it's worth its weight in gold. Mm-hmm. You know, the people that have been through apprenticeships in the business that I've worked with in stay longer. So yes. if that ultimate aim is to retain people and mm. they're more engaged. Yes. So having that as an as an offering, I think, is um, a huge opportunity. Um, and I think I kind of take, I feel like I've, there's a responsibility for us to to enable people to have that and if we really want to shape people's careers and we really want people to be attracted to this industry, then that has to be part and parcel of of what we do. That's really important. And do you work with like agencies for that or do you do it on your own back or how does that work? So we work with learning providers um, that enable us to uh, kind of give us all the structures Mm -hmm. to, um, to do the training. Um, and then everything else we kind of do internally. So right. how we talk about it, how you recruit ex- apprentices externally, you know, is different to how you might um, bring them through when they're already in your business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do quite a lot of work with other companies. So there's a group of us that are really trying to kind of move apprenticeships forward within the industry and look at how we can do that. Um, so we did a hospitality apprenticeships week okay. last year to try and bring out and and engage people in taking part and, yeah. and showing the benefits, which we'll do another one again this year. Yeah. Um, do you work with uh, UK Hospitality? Yeah. Yeah, they're fabulous for that kind of thing. You know, Kate's just been amazing for the industry, you know, she's been a real great voice. And I think that feels like, I mean, hopefully it will happen at some point, but there's almost a campaign required from like all of us to really go out and show that, you know, working in hospitality, whether it is, you know, with what you're doing or whether it's restaurants or pubs or bar, is a really good career choice. Agreed. You know, that there feels like there's something just needing to to happen. So, yeah, well, we can call her Kate on that and get all sorted. And what about, um, you know, women returning to work and all of these types of things? You know, what are you sort of seeing, you know, when it is, you know, whether it's maternity or, you know, just support women getting into better positions and, you know, all these kind of things, because, you know, it's, it is pretty tragic when you go to a lot of hospitality dues and all the rest of it, where it is grey-haired old guys, um, mostly, yep. which I'm becoming one. <laughs> um, but yeah, it would just be quite good to figure out how we can all do a better job in that. As and well. I think it's it's moving. I used to, um, I used to get really frustrated. It used to be my thing, I used to come out of potential conferences and go... Yeah. I was the only woman sat at the table or, um, and, and I, and, and there's almost an expectation that if you're in HR, you will be a woman as well, which isn't great either, but you kind of balance that piece out. I think, I think it is moving. So there are some great female role models Mm. out there, um, who are doing some great things. So whether that be Mm. a Carol or a Zoe and Pizza Express or Emma, uh, Woods from Wagamama, you know, there are some amazing people out there who, who are pushing it forward, but it is, it is challenging and, and I think we need to keep doing the work. So you've got women in hospitality, tourism and leisure that are really focused mm-hmm. on kind of exploring some of these. And they've done some great work around returners. So yeah. they did a bit of a campaign and a a day where people could kind of go back in and explore hospitality, tourism and leisure with some businesses and ODM okay. there. 
we took one of those returners who'd been part of that into our business. Mm-hmm. Um, so you start to learn and um, and understand what's important. I think for an industry that essentially is really flexible, you know, yeah. at operational level, you can have any shifts any day and you've got a bit yeah. of opportunity. Sometimes we forget that when we get into um, more functional roles or um, mm. support centre, head office roles, whatever yeah. it may be. So there's some learning in there about how we bring bring people in. Mm. Um, it's, it's really difficult. I remember, I think, years ago, went away with, uh, I think it was Lion Capital. No. Anyway, somebody very kindly took us away for an overnight thing. And again, there was like two women out of 20 folk or whatever. Um, but I was there with Lucy from SSP, who used to, uh, I don't know if she's still there now, um, but she was fantastic. And we basically that evening went through, what do we think the biggest challenges are? And Lucy brought up, you know, returning to work. And, you know, she's got two kids, but super high, powerful role, all the rest of it. And she's saying, well, it is just unfair that I'm expected to probably look after well, you know, husband's got a high flying job as well, and mm-hmm. da, da, da. so we just discussed that for an awful long time, you know, and it really sort of hit home that you're just, you know, and looking at my own situation, you know, my wife's given up her good job um, because she just she wanted to spend more time with the wee one, you know, rather than being forced to or anything. But it's it's really difficult, you know, when and and there's no nine to fives now, you know, if you're high up you know yourself you're always on and all the rest of it it's really difficult even to weekend you know it's really difficult to have a weekend sometimes it is and I think there is a bit about how you get I don't disagree with the always on but there's something about how you get always on yeah. to work for you yeah um, can I chat to you about that but, but, that, but that takes a real bold <laughs> a but it's, it takes a boldness doesn't it yeah, yeah. you know to uh, either to to work through it or to be able to talk to your boss or yeah. your team there's you know, some real confidence and I think some of that some people struggle with that confidence to say, I'm mm. going to do this. Yeah. Um, and and again, that piece, not everyone has great support networks or mm. um, people that they can kind of um, rely on to help or take some of that pressure off. And yeah, I was yeah. talking to somebody um, a couple of days ago, actually, and we were talking about mum guilt, you know, those right. moments where you've had to make a decision about which way you're going to go. And So an example being... Um, like- so I I miss a school play because there's, versus, yeah I mean, there's a meeting and and, yeah. and which way do you go mm. and and who who are you more confident or able to explain the reason why and yeah. potentially for many that sometimes that's their family yeah, if yeah. for others it's then they're like well am I going to be considered for the as a high performer if yeah. I keep having to make these but and it shouldn't be it shouldn't be like oh. that that pressure shouldn't be there and there's still quite a long way to go to um, to shift mindsets. And, and I think for senior leaders to say what got me here is not what needs to get the next generation here, yeah. uh, it's different. Yeah. And, and that's okay and that's right and that's not your fault. You know, mm. you're not, it's not your fault that you're in that position, but you have an opportunity to help others do it in a different way. I think um, that's a really good point because you can – have that little bit inside of you where you go, well, if the boss said this, how high, I jumped how high, it's just different. And it is you just being a better example, you're right, yeah. you know, set in the future. But I remember my wife, she worked at BT years ago and she wouldn't wear an engagement ring. So whether there was somebody hot in the office, I don't know. But um, <laughs> she uh, she said, yeah, she felt that in that culture back then, 
she felt that having that the the guys who were running it would do the maths and go engaged, married, soon, kids. Yeah. Tough luck. You know, and it was just like, you know, I was saying, well, if you're not going to use it, get it pawned. <laughs> get some extra cash, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a student loan. That was a whole student loan, that thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I, I think, you know, it is, it's just, it's crap, you know. But hopefully, hopefully, you know, people are starting to be a little bit more aware. And, you know, and it's not just, obviously, women, you know, it's just having diversity and inclusivity across the board yeah and I I would say I think it's shifting I think there's and there's definitely more conversation about it and that's the right thing Um, and I think you know there's almost a bit about actually how do you get out of the diversity conversation and into inclusion and then actually belonging you want people to feel like they belong somewhere you know wherever they've come from whatever Mm. they do and and that for me that's ultimate you know that's utopia of of where we get to but that that is going to take time and I think people to be bold and take risks and and openly talk about it as well mm. I mean not that it's the same but I remember even just getting slagged off for, for being Scottish you know I think I was in I was at last minute dot com one of the bosses said to me if we didn't employ you you'd be working on a farm or something like that. I was like thanks a lot <laughs> cheers <laughs> and I was yeah, probably right. <laughs> but there's all, but there's all the, you know, the, all the, the fact that you can still yeah. remember it. You know, there's yeah, bits yeah, that just touch uh, yeah. and hung, um, hung about you don't one. you don't think of the impact. So no, no, we need to keep keep going. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and then just thinking about uh, mental health and all these things as mm. well. Obviously, that's becoming a huge part of everyone's life. You know, to look out for each other. What. Are you sort of looking at, you know, in, in terms of your position, you know, is, are there policies around it? Is there some sort of checking in? Is it just down to the managers? You know, how how are you sort of looking after that as an organisation? So um, so we, um, checking in, I think, is a key part. Mm. Um, I remember I did a cinema tour when I first started. Um, we were in and out and it was probably, the GMs talked to me more about mental health mm-hmm. than they did about anything else. Oh, really? Um, and a lot of that was just help me understand, help me understand how I can support what, where are my boundary? You know, mm. how do I, how do I navigate this for yeah, people? Yeah. I want to support people. Um, and we launched um, our Be Well program in the UK uh, at the back end of last year, and Great. and that was a little bit about just saying, look, we're here. Mm-hmm. There's more that we want to do, um, but I think a lot of it is just about taking that time. Um, out and yeah. and how are you and being able to spot and watch and sitting and having a cup of coffee with yeah. with people that it takes 10 minutes yeah yeah but 10 minutes is could be the difference for sure. um for somebody and yeah. um so i think it's quite a pressure point i think for gms in particular mm-hmm. you know for any line manager but i think you know they've got big teams in in a lot yeah. of sites and and then who have they got to talk to? You know, that's a, you know going up the chain as well. Agreed. It can maybe be lonely for them. But so, yeah. and it, I think, and it, and in this industry, it's hard because actually mm. people leave work at one o'clock in the morning. You know, you don't necessarily have that group that you can go and walk in, and your family's there, and it diffuses things. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there are there are key things that I think yeah. we need to be probably more aware of than than others. Definitely, and. I was thinking about just going back to you know the, the sort of women conversation we we're having, just about the mentoring as well. So I know you're like a keen advocate of that. Yeah. Um, how do you go about it? How do you get a mentor? What 
can you expect from it? You know, what, what's going on with that? So I think there are, there are many programmes. Mm-hmm. So, again, I've talked about women, hospitality, tourism and leisure. There's Plan B as well. So they're the two um, kind of areas that or two groups that have mentoring. Plan mm-hmm. B, um, I'm really proud to be a men- part of their mentoring oh, programme, yeah. actually. I've seen that, yeah. Um, they, it starts with kind of almost like a speed dating mentoring session oh, right. and then you get um, uh, partnered with somebody and... For me, mentoring, mentoring is not for everyone. So I think um, for some people it's coaching, for some people it's mentoring. But actually having people in your network that you feel you can go and talk to Mm. and have a conversation with and they might challenge you sometimes, they might advise you, um, they might push you to say, look, you need to do something different or tell you you're wrong, you know, that's their role. But that you trust um, to have that conversation with, mm. I think can really help. And it diffuses things as mm. as well. So that well, bit where you don't not... necessarily want to show yourself internally. Yeah, exactly. It, it gives you that external perspective. Well, that, that's such a good point. And I think you're holding your cards close to your chest. And sometimes you need to just kind of let it all out. And to someone that doesn't have any skin in the game at all, yeah, you know, agreed. they're just completely, you know, neutral. It, and I think, I think kind of getting those right mentors and those people yeah. in there who can help you with that piece of, I, I feel like I need to behave like this. Well, mm-hmm. actually, can I just challenge you on that? Or can, let's talk about this. Yeah. Or do you know what? I felt the same. Yeah. Now let me tell you how I got around this. And yeah. it's not necessarily always women to women or, um, you know, it could be male mentors yeah. mentoring females. It could be female mentors mentoring males. Mm-hmm. I think all of those no, there's no right or wrong way. I think yeah. it's much more about the connection and relationship you have. Mm-hmm. But I think the other piece is for the mentors almost to know that there's a whole load of learning they can get back the other way. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and whether it be understanding what what next generation look mm. or, you know looking for, or understanding, or yeah. just kind of checking that you're you're supporting in the in the right way yeah. as well. And what kind of structure does it take? Is it like call you any time or is it once a month or is it once a quarter or um, does it work? I think it can I think it can depend yep. so it's probably one of those things that you need to set out from the beginning yeah um so in relationships I've had I we've almost done a, a mentoring contract which sounds really formal but mm. it helps you think about what do I want to get out of yeah. this relationship so what am I asking them for mm-hmm. um because actually they should be potentially a start and stop to the almost formality of it yeah. you might keep in contact and still have a relationship but the mm. bit you were going after you kind of want to know whether you've achieved that it's helpful okay. to be able to look back um and then it could be once a month yeah it could be face to face it could be over the phone mm-hmm. sometimes it's just a text to go okay this has happened mm. um or sometimes it could be well just right i'm thinking about this help me understand how i might go through it um yeah. and they drop you know they drop off i think i've got some that I I spent time with maybe three or four years ago mm-hmm. and it, you used to do it once a month and now I might speak to them every six months or yeah, yeah. and you just pick up in a slightly different way. Yeah. For others, you never see them again. You, you, you've you served your purpose and, and, and that's, that's it. Uh, and they've gone um, <laughs> on to bigger and better things, you yeah, know, yeah. And, and decided Forgot where they go. About you. Uh, and that's And that's great. And I kind of, um, you kind of not have to take it, you don't, have to, don't take it personally. You know? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, just with the mentoring thing, like I got approached quite a lot and I was sort of wondering how to do it. But I think at the moment it was just a bit of self-care. It was like, look, I'm really busy. I really want to, but I just feel like I would let 
them down maybe or you know it was it was just like but yeah there's there's I think there's a call for for doing that a bit more yeah. as well and I know? think I think that's important yeah, I think yeah. if you haven't got the time don't step into it because yeah somebody's gonna put wants to put their heart and soul into <laughs> yeah. into having a conversation and if you haven't got the time to meet them yeah, then yeah. it's um kind of not fair really but they're but they're amazing. It's an amazing yeah. thing to be part of. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've just had sort of more informal stuff, and I had a guy called Robert Bean, um, and Robert was my sort of brand mentor, if you like, when I was a kid, and then he sort of took me through, and we're a bit of an odd couple, you know, he's very posh and suave, and I'm not, and, you know, but he's, there's very few people in the world, I think, I would sort of take, take it from honestly, who's like... yeah. McCullough, like, you're wrong or whatever, and you're like, oh, right, okay. It's, but, you know, it's just good to have that in your locker, I think. And, you know, and I think there's there's some great people out there, you know, being able to help. But I think, uh, you know, David Campbell's another really good one. You know, who was it? Uh, Bills and Ivy. You know, I think someone with that wisdom is just like, you know, you want to just tap into a little bit of that. Because then you realise there's a bigger picture you know there's a yeah. bigger gate that you've just not considered maybe and I think having your own business as well you don't have a lot of people to bounce off of a lot of the time so you're just kind of a lone striker watching YouTube videos about how to be <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you're right I think it's I think having a bank of people that you can call on is is really important yeah, um, you know I know who I'd go to if I have a problem you know that point at which you go okay yeah. oh, I'm not sure if I've got this right yeah I know who I know who those phone calls are, um, mm. and and it won't always be the same person for you know for the same for everything. It might be different yeah, people yeah. for different things. So. No, I think it's just and and also being aware, like you were saying, you know, some people use you and maybe slightly abuse you. You know, just it's that value exchange, isn't it? You know, and I think that's the point I've struggled with with the mentoring requests that I've had is that there's actually no value exchange. It's just you give me all my time or give me all your time and that's it. And it's mm. like, well, you know, let's see if there's, you know, it, I think if you can, if you feel that you're going to learn something and it's going to be fun as well, it would be quite good to have that two-way thing. As yeah, well. and I think, um, I mean, the plan, by, the plan B way of doing it has been, has been really interesting for me. So A, you see lots of people mm. and I can remember going into it and at that point um i've been you know wanted to see kind of what female who the female operators were and yeah. and actually you don't naturally see them at other things yeah. necessarily yeah. suddenly i walked into this room and went oh they're all here <laughs> you know they're all there's loads of female operators yeah, yeah, really yeah. cracking female Definitely, operators yeah. but it's almost it's it makes you think about how we almost going full circle to those real kind of old boys networks or however you want to frame yeah, it. Yeah. How do you start building um, more rounded yeah, networks yeah. across the hospitality industry that really Definitely. showcase the diversity we have? And yeah. that's not necessarily about gender. That could be about anything, but, um, but there's, I think there's more that we can, more that we can do. Yeah. Is there like a next event or can, is there a website or something people can look at uh, or? What's the best thing to do if people there are interested? There is. I think if they, I think if you type in Plan B mentoring into Google, it probably take that. I don't know what the website is. Yeah, that's all right. There we are can, events. We can find that, it and put it in the notes. Yeah, there are events coming up as well. So. Yeah. No, I think it's great. And yeah, just big thanks if that's the right thing to say to, to, to everyone that's involved in it. Mm. So it's a wonderful thing for everyone, definitely. Um, so the last few things I was going to talk to you about was um, just kind of what's next. So internal initiatives plans you've got for next one two three years um 
you know, for yourself as well, you know, mm. all these kind of things. I think one of the most interesting books I read lately was saying, what's the last job you're ever going to have as well? That's like quite an interesting question. Where are you going to end okay. up? Most people are, end up saying, I want to be in a yacht, you know, <laughs> doing the thin end of it all. But yeah, so in the now now, you know, what's 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 keeping you awake or keeping you busy at the moment? Um, so I think six months in, I think you suddenly know, okay, now I know enough to yeah. start knowing what we need to do right yeah (laughs) there's an expectation here um so we're really in the place of we've got some great foundations how do we maximize them and then how do we tailor them so keep sitting looking at you know millennials need this or this population needs this we're in the world where five generations are working in in the same place all wanting different things how do you make it an individual experience without making it so complex that the operators yeah. look at you like you've gone completely mad. Yeah, let me just put my millennial setting on you yeah. know, to have this meeting. You, you know, know where, where do you go on all of these yeah, things? Yeah. So we're kind of in that co- set of conversations at the moment as to what does that mean for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I would like us to be in a place that the experience we give to every team member, whatever role you're in, mm-hmm. every colleague is individual to them and right for them, how yeah. we get to that is our challenge um and that includes kind of creating that evp and all of those pieces Mm. so that's one big piece we're back into kind of engagement and what does engagement mean Mm. going forward um so everything we do is kind of like we we've got great foundations we need to now say what does this how do we kind of get ourselves ready for the future so rather than doing what we need now what's next um so yeah engagement of that and then what does leadership look like in the future as well okay I'll be interested. Have you any thoughts on what it might look like? Not yet. So we're mm. just about to do. We're just about to do another piece of research Great. to go back into our teams to say what do you think leadership looks like mm. in this business? To what does it take to be successful as a leader here? And then knowing what we know about the outside world and what we want to achieve, what does it look like to be successful? What could it look like to be successful in the future? That's exciting, though. That kind of stuff because yeah. not on. Not enough people take the time or have the time or feel they don't have the time to future gaze a little bit. So that's that's a really exciting thing, yeah. you know, and work towards it. Because I know there was, there was quite a bit of that Pizza Express as well, wasn't there? The future stuff and, uh, you know, ZA obviously happening yeah. and all these kind of things. That felt like a really big initiative as well, you know. So yeah, some nice bits around that, some yeah. bits around corporate responsibility. Just staying, so. staying relevant and all that. Yeah. Um, and then... Yeah, just the other thing, well, two more things really, was what are you thinking about the industry? What would you like to see more of happening? Probably no surprise on what we've talked about so far, um, that we do everything we can to make this industry, enable this industry to be considered more of a career than potentially it is to those that are looking in. Mm-hmm. How do how does it come up at at schools as a yeah. as a valid a valid career option. choice? Um, what did what did you get told at school you should be? Did you do that test thing? Yes, and you know what? I can't remember. It wasn't. Um, I didn't consider it particularly flattering at the time. I don't think. Um, I think it was like go and go and do what your parents were doing, or <laughs> you know, it was it wasn't what I wanted to hear. Definitely the easier. Yeah. Um, Last few questions. We do have a little thing called Mark Out of 10 at yep. the end. And we just ask a few questions. So, best city to eat in? where? Because you're travelling about a bit. Yes. These days, or before as well. So, yeah. um, so I, don't, um, I don't know if I ever 
I need to be focused much more on on eating. I think when I'm out in some of these cities, <laughs> I, I think I'll always say London. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can do that. I love Madrid. Right. I really like the food in Madrid. I okay. love tapas, but but London for me, I think, is there's so much choice yeah. and so many new places to go and and have a look at. Best restaurant? You got a favourite? Um, so I work really hard, I try really hard to go to different places every time. Mm-hmm. But the restaurant I've probably been to most regularly recently is Rovi. So Ottolenghi. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I love Middle Eastern food. Is that the one that opened just north of? Off Mortimer Street. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I love the atmosphere in there, sitting at the bar, so you can kind of see all around. Everything. It's got an open kitchen and I and the simplicity of the food I, I love. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, that would probably be my favourite restaurant at the moment. And best dish? What's your favourite dish you've had? Um, I was thinking about this and I probably couldn't call a, a single dish. Mm-hmm. Um, love sushi though, so probably yeah. cuisine more than more than a single yeah. dish. But that would be my Have you done Tokyo? You've been Tokyo? No, on the list. Got to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Best drink? What's your go-to after a hard day? After a hard day? Um, I'd probably say gin. Okay. I'd probably be just a gin and tonic. Love a Negroni as well. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, G&T. Any particular gin? What's your um, go-to? Cambridge Dry Gin. Oh, interesting. Moment. Don't think so. we've got that in Mrs. Mac's shelf. There you go. It's new ever one, growing. New one to add. Yes, we can have yeah. a look at that one. Um, and then, yeah, worst restaurant or experience, where would you avoid or where have you had a shocker? So I... Um, I don't know whether I just block them out. Okay. Um, but I, my husband, I don't think my husband enjoys going to restaurants with me very much because A, he sits there and goes, I know you're going to want to sit in that chair because actually you're going to want to watch everything, everything that's, that's going gone. on. Yeah, yeah, same. Um, and not really talk to me. Um, <laughs> but I will have had awful experiences. Yeah, but yeah. I also do sit there and I look around and I go, Sometimes things just go wrong, and I yeah. really feel for the teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can feel it, you know. You can feel that edge um, when you walk into some As restaurants. The As, drop or whatever, yeah, you yeah, just yeah. know that that shift isn't quite where they want it to be. Yeah. The bit that frustrates me is when you're with a team member and you think you you don't care. No, you don't want to be here. You're you're not making eye contact with me, and I might not want a lot of conversation with yeah. you. But for for thirty seconds, I'd just like you to really focus in on me. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's the bit that I get frustrated with or disappointed by. Yeah. But other things, you know, some stuff just happens, and yeah. I kind of want to get in there and go. It's all right. You can get you can get through this. Just keep going. <laughs> oh, do you know something? If it happened to me, just coming in here, you know, one of the guys at reception, I says, "Oh, I don't have a badge, but I'm recording downstairs." And it was as if you know I just told him some very bad news, or you know, I really interrupted his really important <laughs> envelope opening or something. I was like, "Come on, mate," you know, just. You get quite a cool job sitting up there in the middle of Soho and all a these lovely things happening. Everything, I, was like, I think. Come on, man. Yeah, definitely. I think you're absolutely right. And then, final thing I would say was just um, just any tips for people, really. That you know, in terms of if they're wanting to really sort of get their culture, you know, sort of defined and going, you know, what what would you recommend that they do? Um, go and ask mm-hmm. your people. So they they are kind of living and breathing it so mm-hmm. they'll know what's important and what's not and sometimes you can focus in on the wrong things yeah um don't forget you set the tone True. so as a leader your actions set 
your expectations. Yeah. And um, and I think in our industry, you know, don't forget who you're serving as well. There's yeah. always a guest at the end and there's always a set of team members. Yeah. And just find the right tone for you. Don't try and be something yeah. that you're not. Don't try and re- create a false culture, I yeah. suppose. I want to be like innocent. Like, well, yeah. you're not really. I think it's really hard. I don't think culture is you can replicate it. Mm. I think it is very individual. You'd have yeah. to have exactly the same. This, everything would need to be exactly the same, and that's never going to happen. Circumstance, no. people, heritage, all of those things. Yeah. So. You get it a lot. You know, it's like, I want a culture like Pretz, and it's like, tough. You know, it's a really hard one to replicate. So too many variables, and yep. people are always a variable. <laughs> so that's the tough part. Absolutely. <laughs> so thanks so much for coming in and talking to me about culture and people and all the great things that you're doing at Odeon and obviously your past lives as well thank you and I'm sure we'll see you soon thank you very much thank you so there you go an amazing chat with Susie great to catch up it feels like I'm doing a Costa alumni in the last few episodes full of great ideas full of great information really excited to see her journey as it continues in Odeon and really sort of thinking about all the tips that she gave us and how I could apply that to my clients and hopefully you will do that too. Massive thanks to you for listening and sharing the episodes, rating, reviewing. Uh, we're even popping into the charts now and again in iTunes, so that's amazing to see. I think the big focus is going to be on Spotify because allegedly it is now the biggest podcast platform, so that'll be quite exciting. Massive thanks to BDO for sponsoring and partnering with us and continuing to just give us some great help and advice along the way. So do get in touch with them if you need anything in terms of advice, guidance and just some help and partnering on finances, accounting and mergers and acquisitions. Huge thanks to Gaz and Gabby for all of their help in putting the podcast together weekly. I know it's a lot of work, so thank you so much. I really appreciate it. So this is me, Mark McSee, signing off. Bless you. Thank you for listening. And I really hope that today's episode was a slightly different angle and gave you some slightly new thoughts on how you can make your brand boom. Boom.